guys, welcome to my reality. My name is Elle and I'm here with another podcast episode. And since it is Sunday, of course I have to do my Sunday stories and I'm so excited. I'm gonna be doing the story of Hades, the God of the underworld. Now I'm not gonna be talking about how Hades became Hades as when he was born and all that kind of stuff. That's gonna be another story for another time. This is just to give you a little insight a little bit more about Hades and his wife Persephone, how they met and just the life of the underworld of what the ancient Greek people believed at the time. So without further ado, I will start telling the story. Now in great, uh, hello. Oh, disclaimer that I always like to say, remember I am not Greek. So for me saying some of these Greek names may come across as butchering it. And I apologize. I am not going to try to butcher. I'm going to do my best, but please, please, please be nice to me. I'm going to try my best. Now in Greek mythology, the underworld is very interesting, especially how the Greeks thought about how death looked like. Now, let's be honest, none of us knows exactly what death will be like, since if we did, we wouldn't be alive. In ancient Greece, they believed that once you died, you'd end up in what was called the Styx, or as some would call it, the river Styx. Essentially, it was a place where the dead would look for a passage on a boat so they can get into the underworld. So to paint you a picture, the Styx was not a pleasant place. It was dark, it was gloomy, it smelled of death. And in order to pass, a man named Charon, or Charon, who was pretty old, quite deformed, he wore old rags, he would arrive on a leaky boat to take you across. Now, you couldn't just get across without some sort of compensation. You needed something called an obol. You're probably wondering, what is an obol? Well, an obol is an ancient Greek coin that was about one sixth of a drachma. Now you're probably wondering, what is a drachma? A drachma was the currency that was used in the ancient times. Now, silver obols, they were minted around 600 BCE. So you can see or picture the time as to when ovals and drachmas were used. The only way one was able to get a coin from the living to the dead was to have a family member bury you one with it under your tongue. So your family member would have to put an oval under your tongue and then bury you with it. That way they knew that you would end up in the underworld. Now, once Charon arrived, he would ask for the oval and if the dead had it, then they were allowed onto the boat. If they did not have it, then they would stay in the sticks and suffer. Now you can imagine what it would be like with all those screams and suffering while trying to get by on a small boat to the underworld. It must be horrendous. And what I can appreciate from ancient times, there was no special treatment. So you could have been a demigod who saved a whole bunch of people, but if you didn't have an oval, you weren't able to get by. 
So sorry to all those heroes that possibly died in battle and were unable to get an oval underneath their tongue. Now, once Charon gets you safely to the entryway of the underworld, the dead were greeted by a dog and not just any dog, Cerberus the dog. If you don't know who Cerberus is, if you've ever watched Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, then you probably remember Cerberus, the three-headed dog, the same dog that Harry, Ron, and Hermione ran into and noticed that it was guarding an underground passage that led to the Sorcerer's Stone. Now, in this case, this Cerberus in ancient mythology was guarding the entryway to the underworld, but not guarding it for the people to get in, but rather Cerberus was there to make sure no one escaped. If you did try to escape this scary beast, huh, he would devour you. Now, who is Hades? Well, Hades is the god of the underworld. He's the son of Rhea and Cronus. And he's also, I guess, a brother to Zeus, Poseidon, Hera. Now, something I didn't really know until I'd done this research is that Hades didn't want to be king of the underworld. It was actually allotted to him by his brother Zeus as he wanted to share the universe with his brothers. Instead, so Zeus took the sky, he gave Poseidon the sea, and he gave Hades the underworld. Now, am I the only one probably thinking that the three brothers just drew straws and Hades just got the short end of the stick? <laughs> this is probably why he calls the river below the river sticks. I also think it's probably because Zeus is just a very selfish god. All I'll give it, there are other gods. Actually, all the gods are pretty selfish in their own way. So if Zeus considers himself more of the leader of the three, he probably felt like he just didn't like Hades the most. Like he thought he was like, you're the least I like, so I'm gonna give you the worst job situation. That's how I'm seeing it as well. Now, once the shadows of the souls or the dead souls meet with Hades, his job is to judge them. Once judged, they were directed to one of three passages. Now, one of them was called Asphodel Meadows. So this is where the imperfect souls are. So you're not really good, but you're not really bad either. So this is where most of the uh, Greek people would go. Greek mortals, their dead souls, like this is where they would go. This is what they believe that probably about, I would say 80% of the ancient Greek people believe that this is where most people would go. Now, the second of them is called Tartarus. Some of you may have heard of this, some of them, may, some of you may have not, but Tartarus is probably the deepest part of the underworld. This is where you can find criminals. Now, when I say criminals, I don't necessarily mean the same criminals as you might think using today's logic. So yes, maybe it could be murderers, may end up there, but it was particularly those who defied Zeus. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> It's like, if you were really good to Zeus and you made some offerings to the gods, they probably liked you, even if you were a horrible person. But if you never made any offerings or you didn't care for the gods, you ended up in Tartarus. Isn't that horrible? Now, this includes titans and giants as well, who would also end, end up in Tartarus. 
Lastly, the third passage would lead you to a field called Elysian Fields. It just sounds very nice, doesn't it? Now, only a small minority of people ended up here. It was a field filled with everything you want. So just think of heaven and that's pretty much Elysian Fields. Unlike his brothers, Zeus lived alone and he was not really privy to what was happening above. Now keep that in mind. He's very much isolated. He would only come out once in a while just to take in some air from above ground. However, one day while on his chariot, Hades noticed a beautiful woman. Can you guess what her name is? Her name was Persephone. She was the daughter of Zeus and Demeter, the god, the goddess of agriculture and harvest. As we know, Zeus is married to Hera, one of his sisters, as well as had relations with Demeter, his other sister. So in turn, Persephone is Hades' niece. Don't be surprised, incest was very much common within Mount Olympus and the Greek god did so freely. So just remember this is very common. Now you're probably wondering if Hades knew that was his niece and yes, he did know. Normally gods would have their way with mortals if they wanted to, which is horrible. However, when it came to family, apparently they were very respectful. Wow, thanks. That's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Just thinking about it, just like, okay, normally I can just take you and do whatever I want with you, but because you're family, I'm going to be respectful. And you know what Hades did? He asked Zeus for his daughter's hand in marriage. And at this point, Zeus is not sure what to do because it's not just his decision. He knows that Demeter has to have a say in it as well, which I do respect. I respect Zeus for thinking, I gotta talk to this girl's mom too. I can't just do everything and think that she's not gonna be upset about it. Now, if he says no to Hades, he knows that he's gonna disrespect his brother. If he says yes, he knew that Demeter would be very upset with him. Now he couldn't go to Demeter because she knows he was gonna say no and didn't want to say no to his brother because he didn't want to disrespect his brother. So what does he say? Well, Zeus says, I can neither give consent nor refuse consent. <laughs> I cannot believe the God of Thunder decided to go with that as a way of answering Hades' questions. Can I have your daughter's hand in marriage? Zeus, I can neither give consent nor refuse consent. It's just like people who say I agree nor disagree on a survey. I mean, at least with a survey, it kind of makes more sense. So with Zeus, it's just kind of disappointing that he didn't give a direct answer. But, you know, he figured no direct answer is still an answer. Now in Hades' position, if you heard that answer, you would probably most likely think that he can do whatever he wants. You're not telling me not to give consent, or you're not, so you're not giving me consent, but you're not also refusing consent. So why not just do what I want? And because technically his brother didn't say no. And that's exactly what Hades did. He did whatever he wanted. So Hades went back to Persephone and without her seeing him, he makes himself invisible. And the moment she went to go pick up a flower, the ground erupts opens up, 
Hades springs up from the ground in his chariot and grabs Persephone and brings her down with him to the underworld. Now Demeter, Persephone's mother, has not seen or heard from her daughter. Time has passed and she can't find her anywhere. And she's getting worried, rightfully so. So she goes to look for her. And unfortunately, nobody wants to tell Demeter what happened to her daughter, not even the gods, until one day the goddess Hecate, who is the goddess of fertility and the moon, approaches her. Now, a little about Hecate is that when the when there's a full moon, she will point the path to the underworld. So she is someone who floats between two worlds. She's the world of life and the forerunner of death. And Hecate is actually the only one who, out of all the gods and goddesses out there, that visits Hades of her own free will. Demeter continues her search for her daughter for about nine days and nine nights while holding her breath. Finally, Hecate takes Demeter to Helios, the god of the sun, as he's able to see everything that happens. And she has him tell Demeter what happened to Persephone. And thankfully, Helios was ever to tell Demeter what happened to her daughter, including how Hades kidnapped her and brought her to the underworld. Demeter meets with Hades and demands that he brings her daughter back to her. And of course, Hades won't do it. So while on Olympus, Demeter states to the Olympians, and she's decided to leave and never return, and that the earth will be sterile until her daughter is returned to her. And let me tell you, this girl meant it, because what she means, she says. Now, as I mentioned, Demeter is a goddess of harvest, wheat, food, nourishment. So you know what happened? The next day, the food on earth all goes into famine. Everything's gone. Food is rotten, the earth is dry, and without food, humans will die. Now, as the gods know, without humans, you don't really have any gods because you need humans to worship you. So at this point, Zeus now feels like he has to rectify the situation. So he sends the goddess Iris, who's the goddess of messenger for Zeus, to Demeter and sees if she can get her to reason with him. But Demeter will not budge. The gods and goddesses try everything to get Demeter to see reason by buying her gifts, meeting with her, talking with her. And again, unfortunately, Demeter, won't, she won't budge. Zeus finally decides to send a message to Hades and sends his son, Hermes. Now he's the god of messenger. He tells his brother, if you do not give Persephone to Demeter, the humans will die and there will be no one to honor us. So this now gets Hades thinking and he finally agrees, but only on one condition. Just like there are laws above ground, there are laws of the underworld and they cannot be broken. And one of the laws is whosoever consumed the food of the dead will remain beneath the earth for eternity. So Hermes questions Persephone if she had eaten any food of the dead. And Persephone states that she was kidnapped and that she's been unhappy being down in the underworld and she hasn't eaten anything. So basically, no. So Hades says, okay, she can go. 
Hermes was ready to take Persephone's with him on his chariot, but suddenly one of the Lords of Darkness, he mentions he saw Persephone eat a pomegranate from the ground and had eaten it seven grains from it. Fast forward a little bit, word gets out that Escalaphus ruins Persephone's rescue, so Demeter ends up turning him into an owl. <laughs> this is what happens when you open your mouth too much. Escalaphus got his, got, was coming to him. Anyway, so you're probably wondering how does her eating a pomegranate from the ground mean that she's eaten food from the dead? So how it was known is that any food that was grown on a tree and if you eaten it from the ground rather than from the tree itself meant it was dead. So those foods on the ground were meant for the dead and you would leave it there. And of course, when food ends up rotting, it ends up turning into a mush and, a, and the soil will then eat it and then it'll go to the dead. Normally in ancient times, you were supposed to eat from the tree itself. Those were the tree, because the tree equals life. So if you were to eat food from the tree, you were eating the food of life. Now, since Persephone did break the law, this meant that she had to stay in the underworld forever. This makes Demeter even more upset. She continues to isolate herself. And of course, the famine continues. I feel like I'm pronouncing her name wrong. Is it Demeter? Oh, I think it's Demeter. Oh, it doesn't matter. Zeus is now pacing back and forth, trying to figure out what to do and how to solve this issue. After thinking for so long, he couldn't think of anything. The only option he had was to go to his mother, Rhea. And she, of course, is the mother of both Demeter and Hades. So why not speak with her and see what she can do? So mother Rhea gathers her three children and she gets them to hash it out. She's like, this is the only thing I can do. All three of you, let's get together, hash it out, let's discuss. And of course there was a huge discussion, huge debates. There were arguments, there were tears, everything. But eventually after so long, they finally come to an agreement. Now, since Persephone did taste the food of the dead, she will spend her days with Hades in the underworld. And they decided that she would spend her days during the winter time. And during the rest of the year, she would spend her time with her mother. So this is why in ancient Greece, it is believed that those harsh winter months is when Persephone is with Hades and separated from her mother while nature awaits for Persephone to be above ground with her mother, which is when springtime is here. And of course the weather is way nicer. <laughs> Although Persephone did not join Hades willfully to become the queen of the underworld, over time, she did take her role as queen very seriously. Moreover, their marriage did end up being a good one, despite the fact that he did kidnap her. Let's forget about the kidnapping thing, okay? She actually ended up loving her husband, and she took her wifely role just as seriously as she took her queen of the underworld role. Queen of the underworld role. Wow, that was very difficult to say. Now you could say, could this have been a case of Stockholm syndrome? Possibly, but she is a goddess and it is understood that the ways of the gods aren't the same as the way of the mortals. So she probably could have more of an insight to the fact that being kidnapped and becoming someone's wife is possible. So 
you can't really put our own mortal minds onto these gods. She probably gave him more of a pass just because she understood that they were gods and goddesses. Now, when it comes to Hades, we know that he's not the god of death because that's Thanatos. Thanatos is the god of, is the god of death. And he doesn't torment souls. Those are actually reserved for other goddesses. And although he did not want the role, he's probably one of the first people or characters of our time who didn't want his job, but he did it so well. So you can either say that Zeus knew that Hades would have done a better job than anybody else, which is why he gave him the role of the underworld. Maybe he did him a favor and not to mention he did get a beautiful wife, Persephone, even though he kidnapped her. I don't know why I'm making excuses for Hades. <laughs> not a good one. <laughs> All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this story and you learned a little something from the Greek mythology, specifically Hades. Um, I had a great time talking about it. I love learning about this stuff. So although maybe, you know, other people who were not a big fan of it, hopefully you will become a big fan of it. And um, even for myself, I mean, this is kind of a selfish thing that I'm doing. It's it's literally just for me to to learn more about it because I'm, I'm a big fan. So stay tuned for next time and have yourself a great day. Take care, love you. Bye. Yeah.